Welcome to Property Science. Uh, I'm Matt Kirshen. That next to me is Andy Wood. That is me over here. We're a, we're a little bit am. late because we started a new job. Man, this working thing. Work, right? It's for suckers. What are we doing? Uh, Andy and I, partly as a result of doing this, have been hired on a new show. I don't know how much we can talk about it. It's, it's a new science... It's a show on the Science Channel that's coming out soon. I think as long as we don't say the working title, we could say whatever yeah, so we want. Yeah, so we're writing on it, and that comes partly from this. So thanks for helping us keep this going, because yes. that's now ended up with us with the job. So that's cool. But it's also, if you haven't done a 9-to-5 in a while, and you go back to a 9-to-5, there's a little adjustment period. Especially if it's a 9-to-5 on a new show that doesn't even, you know, if it was an extant show and we could just look at the last season and then be like, okay, that's the model. Yeah. But, but now it's this thing that everyone's working out, out what the show is right yeah, now. So yeah. it's, it's been long days. It's been long days, but hopefully producing something that'll be cool. Hey, we've got a guest. We and do. This is someone, again, someone I've wanted on the show for quite a while. We've managed to work it out and kind of a neighbor now, and particularly a neighbor of the place we're now trivia nighting. Oh, I think this is going to be a long... I'm hoping the start of a long uh, trivia... We found a new trivia night, yeah. and we crushed it last night. That's the first time I've won there, and it's, a, it's a, I think it's one of the premier LA trivias, mm. the isn't other, it? The regulars weren't happy. No, they uh, w- when they announced a winner, it was just silence. It was <laughs> yeah. like a stunned oh, no, Jacob silence. Jacob Siroff, brilliant comic. Oh, yes, <laughs> why am I talking to you? So if you haven't, it's been a long day. Jacob Siroff, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. But yeah, there was a, you're a regular of the bar, but there was... We showed up with a you've you've always you've crushed that. I've, I've won before. a few times, yeah, but it's a competitive field, yeah. Uh, but we showed up with a team that included a uh, friend of the show, Guy Branham, and mm-hmm. friend He's of the beast. show. I played with Guy. Yeah, multiple uh, friends of the show. Multiple shows. In gay fact, guys are always good at trivia. Is that true? I have this theory about gay guys and trivia because it's like they don't take part in a lot of. As children, most I think most gay guys know they're gay from very early on. They're most gay people, I shouldn't say guys, but gay guys in particular. When when dudes are playing sports and doing all that stuff, and they're kind of feeling they're kind of like spend a lot of time alone and just like boning up on stuff. Yeah. Or like, there's or like you know things like man, I was there once with this gay guy. The guy brought this who just like he got the. Um, What's the, the round where you try to guess who the person is and with the least amount of clues? Of oh, people, who well, am I? I have different terms right. for yeah, well, he got, one of, one he of those rounds where like clue and it was just Jane Fonda, birth, <laughs> birth, birth date, New York City, you know? And he was like, boom, 10 points. And, um, is and Jane just thought, Fonda? it really hit me like, oh, because well, he probably just sat, like he was obsessed with Jane Fonda probably when we were, when I was obsessed with baseball or, you know, whatever I was right. doing. Like he was, I think, you know, gay guys have a lot of kind of time to not do what other kids are doing as kids. So they get kind of like, become like they're really good at like like knowing like uh, this uh, this makes me think and... like it's only a matter of time i'm gonna come out it's i'm gonna i think i yeah. like by every metric of what by every like milestone growing up i should by all rights be gay. very into trivia well, it's the same for like nerdy blows you know, a lot of guys kids. yeah totally nerdy <laughs> kids too men, kids, yeah. you know that's when you have a lot of time to sit around and focus on minutiae you know? yeah no i mean I, I i didn't like sports growing up and i was obsessed with all kinds of like really uh, you know, arcane, not arcane, but you know, like really esoteric. Like, you know, I had like an old time radio phase I went through, and it just all this. <laughs> and my cousin, I think that's pretty normal. I mean, an old time, an old timey radio, radio phase. Every kid goes through that. <laughs> I mean, I have kids; they're both going through, you know, extended <laughs> yeah. periods. You know. Doctor Spock wrote about that, I think, in his <laughs> book, right? Um, but my cousin and I were both kind of like the 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 not black sheep, but we were the ones in this extended family that was a big sports family and a big like 
sort of you know masculine stereotype thing uh we were the ones that that were not that and that were you know like spending our time reading uh-huh. comic books and doing whatever stuff so uh, i think and growing up yeah. uh, i think the whole family thought both of us would turn out gay like i remember at some point at dinner um in my house my dad and this is like at a time when it's pretty progressive for him to even say it like uh, gayness came up somehow at the dinner table when i was maybe like 13 or something and uh and then he he it came like, up in a like, are you gay? Context, no, it just, like, just like the in, concept of gayness. Like my my family had a very traditional dinner table set up where like we had to eat together at the same time, and my dad would like lecture us on topics and things, uh, whether it was events, whatever. Uh, and give a gay lecture? Maybe <laughs> I don't know how it came up, but once it came up, he was like, "By the way, if any of you guys want to tell us anything, you're free to tell." Like, I thought it was directed bad. entirely at me. <laughs> and then uh, fast forward like ten years, I was like in my mid twenties at this engineering job, and I was in England. Um, for some assignment and my that other cousin was uh doing a, a semester abroad and the two of us went out to this bar and he had a bunch of girlfriends like too many girlfriends like he was the only guy and a lot of girls and we were out with these girls and they were uh like playfully kind of like they were they were not strippers they were friends of his but like giving us clothed lap dances mm-hmm. but and then I, I stayed over at his place that night and i was like rob isn't it funny that we're we're the two cousins that everyone assumed would would come out and turn out gay like fast forward two years he he came out he, <laughs> he is gay he's married to his husband um yeah gay guys always hang around slutty, slutty. yeah so i was like Ew, now that i said that like, and, I, I, yeah. and lots of other stereotypes that i'm sure i'll uh, it, but honestly, I mean, I don't know how prejudiced not... when it's positive stereotypes yeah i know that's <laughs> yeah, always like, the, really, that's always i think it's still is prejudice i think it's still but it's, uh, I guess, yeah, you could see that the flip side of that, like the same thing, like where nobody who's Asian wants to hear the stereotype about being good at math, even if it's complimentary. It's still, it's just still a stereotype. Black guys, and, big dicks is like the only one that's like, just you're never going to offend anybody. I don't know if anybody that. even likes that, do they? Do it, really? You don't think, well, I guess if you're black and you don't have a big dick, right. you're probably, you're probably really probably, not into that. You're used to yeah. like. Because <laughs> I know just as like a tall, skinny guy, girls will be like, I know about you tall, skinny guys. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what you think, you know, but that's, you know. Well, if nothing else, at least by comparison, it's always going to be better than. No, okay, maybe not. This is not a podcast where we but have anyway, to discuss it. Okay. Uh, I'm not yeah, gay Riley, yet. I'm not. And he's not gay, yeah. and Guy Branham, and Riley Newton, and Charlene Connolly, and TJ Chambers, and us. Came together? Wh- yeah. We'll be back. Yes, I'm hoping it's the, the start of a dynasty. We've got to pick out a team name. You guys have a, have a big maximum. I don't like playing with that many people. I like three really? or four people. Yeah, It's well, too many chefs. I, I commandeer the team too much. In fact, I retired from trivia for a while because I was getting too intense about it and like I was pissing off people on my team and I was pissing off people on other teams at a certain point. Some dude pushed me. Oh yeah, I've been there. I, and I was like, I just, I'm too into it and like one time... pushed you? We were like, yeah, it was a long... But one time I, I did this, I, I went, I kind of commandeered the round and doubled down and then I asked her, you know, so you can ask her, you know, when you turn it in before she announced, will you tell me if I got all these right because I'm doubling down and she'll do that for you. Not so, in a cheating way, just to know No, just like away, I was already committed know. to it, just yeah. I, want, I don't want to wait. To, to hear the results, you know, you know. So, uh, so we, I did that, and we had done it successfully. And I went back to the table, and with like a thumbs up, and one of the girls, my friend's girlfriend, or who's, who's also my friend, she says, uh, "We, we got it." And I was like, "Yeah," like air quotes, "we." Oh, <laughs> and she was just like, "Fuck you!" Like, and I was like, "Oh right, I'm such a like," and, and I was, like I had repeated events like that on different teams, oh, and yeah, like that's... other people were, and I was just like, "Let me just fall back." Too many cooks. Yeah, so I'm just gonna... My new thing now is sitting at the bar by myself and trying to do it. But the, I, I always want to do it solo just to see how far I can get. But then someone will inevitably, some other regular will end up helping me out or something, which yeah, is cool. Yeah, also. I've done that. I've also won playing alone at a bar in Portland, wow. and it's also not fun. Like, well, no? nobody's cheering for you.
you when the wind, when the wind gets announced. You won alone? But it's not that fun. I mean, like that it's really me. shitty I'm when they announce it. You're that almost fun. You're almost putting your head down because you're you're embarrassed no that the whole bar hates but you. Team Speaking Andrew. But I, well, that reminds me of one <laughs> of the better. Uh, I know we want to. You guys probably have a lot of science shit don't. to talk about. We but just got I, off work. We don't one one of the better team names I ever came up with. There was a guy alone at the bar, and I don't even think he was playing. And I named our team "Guy Sitting Alone at the Bar with a Red Shirt." So like every time they read it, you know, like low key, we were kind of low key about whether you know that it was our team. So he just every time they would announce, he would, he would look around. Everybody would, you know, just got a big laugh every time. It was one of the better, yeah, it was one of the better team names. Because um, I'm not good at the team names. I feel, it's like, so I feel like I'm la- it is pressure, and it's all punny, it's all and puns. some of them are really good. And I'm not, I just, I guess, and I like puns, but I just always. Bail in the moment, the, on, it's yeah. usually like a current events bail. pun or something, yeah, or something. or it's some team name you picked once and stuck with forever that right. you now are regretting, a la the the B sharps right. from The Simpsons or something. Hey, uh, in the uh, on the subject of getting things right and wrong, we're a science pro- podcast. We like to at least theoretically live by the rules of science, which is to accept the possibility that our facts will be negated, and we're always looking for uh, errors. And mistakes, and there's a cu- and uh, we got a we got an email. We got a we got we got. We I, made first a mistake. Of all, I, I love the kinds of emails we get. I'm guessing no other podcast gets these. No, but uh, we made a mistake. <laughs> Can you like hear uh, the nerd snorts in the Do they do they write nerd snort in between? Yeah, <laughs> in but, between um, sentences. Thank you, Valerie Blaze, for letting us know that it was Tommy and not Johnny that used to work on the docks. Yeah, it's really it's <laughs> that kind of science mind that people bring to bear on this podcast that we appreciate. It's. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Lost on, I'm not on. saying that Johnny uh, didn't also work on the docks, but but both Johnny and Tommy were probably living on a prayer. To be fair, if they're working on the docks together, they didn't. Uh, they, you know, what? it doesn't Sorry. take a lot. God damn it! I forgot all the lyrics. <laughs> Um, we also we also got another letter in uh, about because we were we had a little story about um, particularly soft sciences and the lack of provability and the fact that there's been a lot of negation of recent stories and one of our listeners who is uh, so first of all did he was this only uh, did this arise because his girlfriend is a linguist. Uh, or did he want to write it in regardless, do you think? I don't know. But um, either way, I uh, Randy, our listener, Randy uh, wrote in to say um, uh, his girlfriend, who's a linguist, wanted to refute the dismissal of such soft science research uh, and links to a few things about um, there's so been problems with... She was saying other kinds of sciences also have these problems with being able to reproduce the, the results. Yes, so it's, so it's a problem the... across the sciences that reproducibility is an issue. And it, and he basically explains there's a fairly good reason for that, and that is that the way incentives work for scientific research for academia, it really incentivizes publishing papers, and the best papers to publish, the ones that tend to get published and the ones that therefore advance your career, are new findings and new discoveries. So scientists aren't that interested in doing experiments and studies where they try to reproduce previous scientists work yeah because uh, there's not much acclaim in that and unfortunately the way science works nowadays acclaim and published papers is sort of currency in the academic world mm-hmm. um so that's an issue and then um he points out studying soft sciences requires dissecting a much noisier signal than the so-called hard sciences but it is still a signal it's just surrounded by more noise uh, such noisy signals in the uh, as the brain are still worth studying, whether it's language, psychology, or otherwise. 
That was a solid argument there. That's a solid argument. I think it's a good point that the disparagement of the soft sciences as uniquely in crisis is some bullshit. And yeah, good point. Fair point, Randy. All and science girlfriend. is bullshit. All science is in crisis. All science has elements of bullshit because of the nature, the way academic work is constructed. And that is a problem in science and it's an ongoing problem. And I don't know how that can necessarily be solved. But it is an issue. Yeah, you're not going to get BuzzFeed picking up like the the third accurate replication of a study about yes. how uh, women orgasm when they smell raspberries. Or <laughs> is that true? Wasn't there some orgasm fruit story recently? Uh, I think it was emailed into us, and we haven't covered it. Well, we Should can, we cover it? Somebody just told me doing. that raspberries have the most fiber of any fruit, which I was I googled, and it turned out to be true. And you know, high fiber Google diet. Said, well, yeah. nerve endings. Well, I'm just if it was orgasms and. High five and being regular. It was a fungus. It's a win-win. Here's the story. I'm gonna fungus. I haven't even read this story yet. Nolan Fellow sent it in. It's on the I fucking love science website, and it has fungus and orgasms in the title. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go out on a limb now and say this is probably semi bullshit. Uh, Having not even read the story. I read, a version, I read a version of it. I mean, whatever. We can't be held responsible for what IFLScience.com publishes. That's uh, on them if it's bullshit, right? All right. Here's they, the... they, I don't know if you know this, Matt, but they fucking love science. <laughs> they really do. They really love it. Mm-hmm. So much so that they're willing to be potty-mouthed about it. Yeah. Although, wait, is it like, is there an asterisk in it? No, it's just, it's just the Well, the, the, the website now doesn't have the word fuck in yeah, it, but yeah. the original Facebook page from which the website is taken, it does, uses quite the language. Yeah. It's yep. c- does it go quite blue. <laughs> quite salty in its outfit. Oh, this is scientists oh after hours. Yeah. Oh dear. They love science and, and cussing. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so yes, this is a, a fungus that is... Uh, you guys didn't tell me it was a naughty science it's podcast. It's naughty. <laughs> yeah, Welcome baby. to naughty science after dark. My wife. Um... Oh yeah, we should, we've reached the 10 minute mark, so time to take off a layer of clothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this was originally discovered, I'm sorry, officially discovered back in 2001. Um, John Halliday and Noah Soul were the first to record the effects of a fungus that could instantly induce female orgasm, published in the International Journal of Med- Medicinal Mushrooms. <laughs> Matt, did you renew your subscription? Because I forgot to. <laughs> Mine's about to run out. Halliday explains that he and his colleague Soul heard of an unusual fungi growing in recent lava flows on the island of Hawaii, a bright orange mushroom, which supposedly caused women to suddenly reach climax for no apparent reason. Was it Fungus the Bogeyman? Was that something you had in America? (laughs) It was a kid's book from the 70s. No, I I never heard of that. Very handsy. Um, Intrigued by the concept, the pair headed to the island to see if these fantastical claims are true. For science, of course. A wink, a wink. I fucking love science. Uh, (laughs) Forming on lava flows, 600 to 1,000 years old, the unnamed Dictio... It starts with Dick, of course. Dictiophora species was deemed a very intense aphrodisiac when smelled by women, despite or maybe because of its, quote, fetid smell. The pair put the claim to test by asking volunteers... Don't do to the take brackets. it, I'm not going to do the brackets. Uh, to take a deep <laughs> whiff and recording their arousal levels, and the results recorded in the journals showed a significant increase in arousal, with nearly half of the women experiencing spontaneous orgasms. No way. All the Bullshit. men, on the other hand, uh, claimed it smelled absolutely disgusting. So it smelled like dicks, right. which makes women come instantly. Yeah. That smell of that dick fungus, you know, like jock, that whatever that is, that jock uh, yeah, itch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like it probably smelled like that, which uh, everyone knows makes women come instantly. immediately. Yeah, that's. Um, I don't believe any of that. No. I don't believe any of that. Related first, story. First, is there something? Is you guys may, might know this. You're obviously both scientists. I didn't know that till you told me you had a science podcast. But clearly, you're both. You know, both for the highest. I don't know. Level. Do you, your listeners know you're both wearing white coats. Yeah. The whole t- okay. Although we will be taking them off in the twenty minute mark. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> but um, uh, is there anything? Is there really is the, the isn't the concept of an aphrodisiac kind of like you know bullshit? Yeah, like cryptozoology. I mean, uh, medicine, crypto pharmacy, pharmaceutical. What would that be called? Science, I'll, I'll science go guys. Uh, okay, there's two two things I have to say about this. One, I'm sure that if there is anything that like is what's like an that, aphrodisiac? Like really. Right. What, have you ever experienced one? Have you ever had something that like ingested something or smelled something that made you horny or like I don't? I mean, is what, that a real do thing? Want, do you want to be like beginning? Or just totally like or aphrodisi- or can aphrodisiacs be the only aphrodisiacs I can think of are things that are actually on the, the sex the gender you're I mean, interested in? I tried Viagra right. once, right? Which, right. But that's, that's like an aphrodisiac. Sort of chicken and egg. Does thing it make you horny yeah. or just give you a boner though? Well, but it, then that kind of in turn, you know, like the way if you force yourself to smile, you feel yeah, you feel yeah. kind of happy. Yeah, boner. Your brain goes, oh, boner, well, horny, and it's sort of yeah, kind of okay. And then like even for me, like caffeine, kind of, but it's not like it. It makes me like attracted to the person in front of me, but I think it does like it sort of but like that, like that love potion, like in Willow, you know that like the, the, you know. The, I never saw Willow. Actually. You never saw Willow. Was that the Warwick you call yourself Davis? a scientist? War- Warwick. <laughs> Wait, is that the uh, Val Kilmer? Yeah, it was I never just, saw it. Oh, really? You never uh, saw Willow. Is that the You Are Great? Yeah, Willow. Yeah, that I've was seen your, the trailer. You know, a lot of you know yeah. the, this, the trailer. Uh, this article, by the way, finishes by saying the pair also, the pair described the morphology and chemistry of the fungus and concluded that the hormone-like chemicals present may have some similarity to human neurotransmitters released during sexual encounters. Hmm. And we've talked about things that doesn't like make, those, those pheromone parties, you know, where, like, I've heard studies about women smelling, you know, undershirts men have worn without deodorant and that they're attracted to the ones that have, like, the complement to their sets of... of um, yeah, but but, I know you, Matt hates this story and there's been a debunking also, of it, Well, right? it's also, there's, um, there's a big difference between attracted to and having an orgasm, and having an orgasm. Right. like there's yeah, a big there's an instant, like, an instant in like, the normal um, world there's at least a couple of steps un- between those two processes dude, so many steps like <laughs> i've man I've, I've i've like fuck girls who i know are enjoying it and are not coming you know who are just like yeah good luck yeah sometimes i do you know i mean but you could smell a mushroom and just you know although on the other hand i did know a girl that like i had we had sex all night and it was like no orgasms and it was all kinds of wild great awesome sex and then she just put her Thing and put her. Can we, I don't know how. how, how I don't know say, how naughty this it. is. No, but matter. then she just put her pussy under the uh, bathtub faucet and came in like ten seconds. So who knows? Maybe a mushroom could could make sense. I don't know. It just doesn't sound. It doesn't sound. Uh, Did she just discover that that night for the first time? No, I think like, it was I'm probably like, a childhood discovery. I would this, think uh, that was probably yeah. yeah. Um, we f- we normally ask our guests that we already we jump nothing stri- in response to the bathtub. Uh. No, got nothing in response. Just like yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, we jump straight into a story, We're but normally, <laughs> before we get into a story, we ask our guests this, like, what, if anything, is your background in science? My background in science is, um, I dropped out of high school. Okay. Um, and uh, just hit the road studying science. Right. <laughs> just went on a science cr- kind of quest throughout, like, globally. It, start, it started locally. It started as, like, a county quest. Sciencing out of your car right, first. Just, just first, yeah, you know how it is. And then just, motels. When you're young and sciencing. Um, no, I just, I, um, I'm kind of, I, don't, I hate to say the word atheist because that, you know, but I'm kind of just always been, you know, I'm raised Jewish with no religion and just been just my instinct has just been I, science good, everything else bad. You know? Yeah. So I just I just li- I have no background in science, only, but I live my life by the I like I need I'm a person that needs to needs proof of something to believe in it. So, right. You know, that's, that's cool. Well, that's and I think there's a lot of shit we don't understand and can't be explained. But I don't I, that doesn't mean it. nothing exists outside the boundaries of science. It's just, it's just that's because science is, you know, not. It's yeah, I think don't know I think it's right. If there's God, there's math for it. That's why I love midi chlorians. <laughs> 
You didn't really, wait when that came out. You you weren't actually. Oh, happy I do. I love it. No, I really? Love it. Well, I'm a prequel lover, which is the whole conversation. What? But, oh my god. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll talk about. I don't want to talk science. Let's talk about this. Oh, yeah. but but um, no. I, I really love the idea. Everyone hates many chlorines. I love the idea that that because that's the one thing that that's that bothers me about religion is just is the faith. The faith that's element. Like, here's it's just here's it. It's it's magic. Yeah. You know, because if there was religion, it wouldn't be. If there was God, it wouldn't be magic. If there were miracles, it wouldn't be magic. There would be science and math. To, you know, to explain yeah. it, it would, even if it's stuff we don't know, we can, we don't have the language for I feel it like yet. Even though right. we have a nerdy audience, we should explain that that the metachlorians are what they use to explain the force right. in the prequels. But the, why would Wars. somebody be stronger with it than another? Why is the, the force is strong with this one? Like, why would right. some, one person have it more than another person just because the because he's the cho- the prophecy and the mysticism? Because there's you know in Star Wars you have those elements of that stuff. Right, but then right. to add, well, here's a scientific explanation for why it doesn't it doesn't say why it just says these are the facts. Doesn't say. But it's like taking out the like I think any narrative. You don't want to ever believe like oh yeah the hero is the hero not because of some I think even though I don't to totally, me it's a perfect blend I don't totally this. believe in free will but I need it in stories because if there's no free will in stories then you're just like well yeah he's a better guy because he was born with midichlorians so that means he's not a better a, a guy Jedi no no just more powerful more in t- more in tune with the force for good for better okay or worse. so it doesn't mean you're good it's more powerful the force uh, it's more more have a more of a direct line to it so you know? if you're a Sith you have as many midichlorians but yeah if you're a powerful Sith would, yeah totally no just the polarity no. of the I think that's just which way you know that's that's your that's there's your free, there's okay, a free okay, will right okay. there. It's which side do you go? Actually, which you side do you choose? There has been a recent mitochondrion study. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I mean, it was clearly based on the concept of mitochondria, which are a real thing, and you know, powerhouse of the cell, right? Right. right. So it's a, a you know a symbiotic, yeah, no, right, a symbiotic or- organism living in the cells. But it's like you know, and but if if there were such things as if you had more mitochondria than me, you could have more magical powers than me. Well, it's like mm-hmm. we had uh, a sports. I like it. An author of a sports uh, science book who talked about this. Um, was he Norwegian? That cross-country skier who had the genetic mutation that gave him the same advantage that like Lance Armstrong gets when he blood dopes, but his body just has that naturally because hmm. it produces that many more, I think, red blood cells. Or yeah, he was like a cross-country or... skiing champion, and his family was as well. Like, he... yeah, he's like according to the author of the book, David Epstein. He's the most perfect athlete alive hmm. because of this, and it's not any. He has to work hard also, but like he has this genetic advantage. Um, but you know, what does that mean morally? Does, that, mean, does that make Floyd it less fun to cheat to, to cheer for the guy or not? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so were there were there teachers that you liked at school? Were there particular subjects that you enjoyed? When- no, I mean, I, I was I was a real loser in school. I didn't I didn't go to school much. <laughs> no, this is all just up my own my own. Nice. Uh, just forming beliefs, but I mean, I don't I don't have a there's not there's not, I don't have a stance other than just you know i like to, i like proof i like proof of stuff and just anti astrology anti ghosts all just my whole life just astrology. just as an as an instinct you know yeah, just yeah, as yeah. a that's that, like of course that stuff's ridiculous you know yeah. of course there's no ghosts of course there's no you know of course astrology's you know nonsense that doesn't so i don't feel like you know if ironic ironically if i'm it's not um i'm i'm I don't. I didn't excel at science. You know, in school, I did when, when I did pay attention. I did better at the creative stuff. Okay. I just. What? What? How about you guys? I mean, I'm sure not to your your. your oh no, I, knows, but. we both have sciencey backgrounds. Like I was uh, college engineer, and, and mine was mathematics in college. But, uh, yeah, in practice too, in career practice too. Uh, no, I finished a. I got my degree. Huh. Just I limped across the finishing line on that one, and then by that point, I was doing stand up, and then I, was, yeah. I sort of did Can't a couple of Matt not doing stand up. I, I like I was. By the time I was a student, like graduated, I was already doing comedy, and then I kind of did a few little temp jobs here and there to kind of get by, move back with my parents for a year or two, and then I started a good time in the UK. Like the UK scene was pretty 
it was starting to boom. So within a couple of years, I was making enough money just off stand-up to... Uh, I remember that. Like making enough money just like in the Bay Area. <laughs> just like local stand-up. Yeah. Kind of p- amounting to a wage job. Kind well, of, in know. the UK, everything's kind of local by compared to American yeah. standards. Like there's nowhere from London where I used to live... Uh, there's no, there's almost nowhere in the country that you can't get to within about four or five hours wow. drive. That's great. So, I mean, maybe like, you know, the very north of England or the very west or some of the Scottish and Welsh gigs, you'd want, that would be more than a day's travel, but. What were the stereotypes about going to like Wales or Scotland as far as gigs go or. That might be, Wales varies wildly depending on whether like Cardiff or Swansea. Yeah. Or Newport, which are very city and fun, great crowds, but there's definitely like a fighty element. Yeah, that's what I, that's my impression. Every like time I see Newport, like whales on YouTube, it's like people fighting in the streets or something. Uh, Newport and Cardiff late night, like there's <laughs> Cardiff City Centre has this, this street called Chip Alley, which is where all the chip shops, basically like the late night food places mm-hmm. that everyone descends on from midnight onwards, and it's just carnage. Like it's just just fights, and- just endless. Well, because British city centres in general are different to American ones, because it's because it's all kind of pedestrianised. People don't drive into like in American cities, which are all sprawling and spread out, and people drive to the club and drive back or get a taxi if they're being responsible. In in Britain, they'll walk into town or they'll get the bus or the train, and then all the pubs and bars close at pretty much the same time. And in some in some cities, maybe thirty clubs and bars will empty out at the same time into the, just this tiny area. Are people just <laughs> like just... having, like, fu- like just fucking in the streets too? Or... Yeah, and, and <laughs> vomiting and Vomiting punching. and fucking, like, it just sounds just like, it's like a battlefield. In Cardiff, more than once, there was one night where, like, in the same night, this happened twice, I was just leaving the gig. It was this gig called the Glee Club in Cardiff, which is a great comedy club. If you live in Cardiff, go. <laughs> but I was driving back to London after the show because I didn't want to stay over that night. <laughs> And just trying to drive through the city centre in my sister's Fiat Seicento, mm. which is this tiny little Fiat, twice, two different people tried to get into the car thinking I was a taxi and got furious when I wouldn't let them in, like, for not stopping. Just like this thing looking why, nothing. Why, why were you such a dick? I know, like, why what are you, you fucking drive? Actually, <laughs> there was another time that almost... We were leaving... This was a gig in France, uh, in the French Alps, and our friend who was running the gig drove life. Drove uh, one the of the surf, we've all gigs in, in <laughs> It's one of the these, best things about living in the UK. These there are gigs these gigs in the gigs French Alps. Go to that's, if, like, that's like the Modesto gig of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> like the got a gig in the French Alps. <laughs> uh, it's so fun. What a try it's such a schlep to the to the Alps. This our friend pulled up to to pick us up to drive us back to where we were staying. And this really drunk couple who were in front who were like stood next to us thought they were first to get into the taxi and we couldn't explain to them that this isn't a taxi this is our friend's car and we're not they jumping the light first and they're like we were here before yeah. they were furious yeah um but yeah in cardiff that happened twice in the same night it despite this car oh, couldn't look less like a taxi uh and then then there are gigs in like the in the valleys uh which look beautiful well, where are the valleys uh, middle in the middle of Wales, and then there's North Wales where they sound kind of different. And uh, there's 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 a gig in this. I can't remember the name of the village now, but it's where there's a festival. There's a comedy festival in the village where they film The Prisoner. Oh yeah, I never watched The Prisoner. It was a fun series. I watch a lot of Joe Calzaghe fights now. He's a Welsh famous Welsh fighter. 
Is it Port Marriott? I think that's it. I do want to go to Wales only because there's a new... Port uh, Marion. There you go. There's a new surf wave pool in... What's this area called? Snurfs, <laughs> surf Snowdonia. Do you know where Snowdonia is? Is that how you say it? Uh, that's a mountain region of, uh, of Yeah, they, they built this pool that has a... Uh, like a mechanical like, device. Isn't that where Doctor Doom is from? Or? <laughs> it does sell, yeah, it's like Transylvania. <laughs> um, but there's there's like a, a wave machine. It right? creates like a six foot wave. You can surf like every two or three minutes. This giant thing moves through the water and makes a surfable wave in the middle of a uh, snow. Is, yeah. is it like one of a kind or like the best? Like I don't it, think or? anybody else has one. That's like, there are wave pools that are just like oh for sitting on a inner tube. It's kind of fun that goes up and down. But this is like a surfable wave. I remember in the beginning of the movie, The North Shore, he was sort of in a wave pool in Arizona. Oh, really? Maybe it's been around a while. I just thought this one was kind of unique for some reason. But not, it, was, it didn't, it wasn't like he was shredding. It was, that was the point. There was no gnar. There's no gnar in this. No, there's no not gnar. a lot of gnar. The gnar ratio is low on the Snowdonia surfing. <laughs> but uh, if I can, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll link to this. Uh, we'll put up the video of it over on uh, probablyscience.com. Also, if people don't know this, and I, 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 don't, I never know what degree of, like, some of our listeners don't listen to any of their podcasts at all, so I don't know if this is overkill to mention this, but if you click on the, if you just tap the actual picture of our podcast as you're listening, it shows the notes, and in there are clickable links to everything. So if you're listening on your iPhone, you want to actually, like, read an article we talk about, um, it's all right there. So just tap on the actual image, and you'll see the notes. Hey, what do we, what, do you want to talk about space telescopes? Sure. Ones that we didn't know existed? Yeah, here's a story that... Uh, is this Justin Braw sent in? I think so. I think it is. Uh, hey, China's had a telescope on the moon for the past two years and didn't tell anyone. China put a fucking telescope on the moon and we didn't know. How did we not know that? I don't know. It's a 15-centimeter telescope and it's mounted on the Chang'e 3 lander, which touched down on the lunar surface in December of 2013. When we say we didn't know, do we mean, like, no one outside of China knew or we just, this table didn't know? Well, I don't know how directed the article on NewScientist.com is at us. No, it does say Matt and Andy. Okay. And Jacob, for some reason. I don't know how they even knew you were going to be a guest. Didn't know. They're joking. Just like, <laughs> I have no idea what's happening right now. But, a, th- because Andy was showing me the video of the of the wave pool in Wales, much different than the North Show. More, much different than North. China Show. put a secret t- telescope on the moon two years ago. We didn't know China landed oh, really? a telescope on what the are they moon at? at space at us. Who knows what is China looking at? Which side is it on? <laughs> it's, it's looking out into space, okay. and it is an ultraviolet uh, telescope. It's looking for ultraviolet light, which is particularly suitable for observations that aren't possible here on Earth. There's no atmosphere on the moon, so unlike Earth, the ultraviolet light from celestial objects can be detected on the moon, says Jim Wang, uh, Jing Wang of the National Astronomical Observer- Observatories in Beijing, who is in charge of the telescope. And since the moon rotates 27 times more slowly than Earth, the scope can stay fixed on the same star for, more, for a dozen days without interruption. Mm. Uh, so they, finally, they published a paper this week, and they detailed the first 18 months of the telescope's operation – during which it has observed for 2,000 hours and monitored 40 stars. They captured a picture of the pinwheel galaxy uh, that they showed on this article. Uh, astronauts in the Apollo 16 mission had a manually operated ultraviolet telescope, which they used to take pictures of Earth, stars, and the large uh, Magellanic Cloud. But the Chinese telescope is the first to be operated remotely from Earth, which is a challenge because the moon is a hostile environment full of charged and abrasive lunar dust that can get into equipment and destroy electronics. Uh, to counter this, the telescope is stowed within Chang'e 3 during sunrise and sunset on the moon when the dust is thought to be at its worst. 
and has survived much longer than its expected one-year life. Uh, Wang says the scope is still working today, and the team are awaiting a decision to continue its mission past the end of the year. Why didn't we know about this? They know we own the moon, right? <laughs> they know they can't just we do there. stuff on the moon without we got dibs, running that bias. We got dibs on the moon. Dude, we put yeah. our thing, we put our Did flag there, the MTV summer, was there. Summer of 69? Yeah, Come right? on. It's better to just to do it and ask, ask for forgiveness. <laughs> it's easier to ask. Dude. Exactly. Charge dust sounds, really, ask for that sounds really cool, though. Even though that, it? Sounds, well, it sounds like a nuisance if you have, you know. Too much charged dust? Yeah. But charged dust sounds. Char- charged and abrasive lunar dust? Charged and abrasive lunar dust. That's like, yeah, that's, that sounds like um, <laughs> a code for drugs or something. Like, would you describe those those Welsh uh, bar goers as charged and abrasive? Mm-hmm. <laughs> after, They're definitely after the charged, course. and yeah. some of them are abrasive. <laughs> and some are the opposite. Some are. Friendly to the point that it becomes abrasive. <laughs> Listen, we love our Welsh listeners. Obviously, we've talked about this before. Our favorite listeners are from Wales, clearly. I, I'm, I'm a fan of Wales. I'm a fan of gigging in Wales. <laughs> they are definitely a drinking culture. <laughs> and what's, singing. They love a sing. What's wrong with a singing and drinking culture, man? They, I mean, they like, love to sing and they love to... <sighs> I, wish we, I wish we had more institutionalized singing in the U.S. Like, what, there's so little does, of that. What's the, what, like, do they have, like, what's their real problem over there? It seems like they've kind of... Who, like, who do they hate? Oh, the English. Just, but what, what have they? What have the English done to them? Uh, wars. Wars mainly. Yeah. yeah all right. <laughs> like so because you don't hear about their plight as much. They don't have. They didn't. The Welsh didn't get some kind of. You know, there was no IRA equivalent or. There was the Welsh. really. Because there's no movies or anything. Like, I mean, oh, they're really oh, they're oh, really oh, doing a bad <laughs> job at hating the English. I mean, I'm not. Tom, a, I haven't seen a single movie about their plight. All, literally, all I know is Tom Jones, Catherine Zeta Jones. That's right. all that I. Yeah. So wait, everyone's Jones named is, Jones. Someone else Jones is a very wait, popular. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, any wasn't wait. Is there a Bond that's Welsh? Let me think. Who are the Bonds? Uh, who are the no. Bonds? Scottish. No, no, I don't think so. Not a Welsh Bond. No, Lays- there, there hasn't wait, been an England Wales the, war for a wait, while. Wait, where was Lazenby from? Was he Australian? No, he's Australian. Yeah, he's Australian. Um, I've got a suspicion. Yeah, Timothy Dalton. There we go. Is Welsh? Welsh. Was Welsh. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was born yeah, in Colwyn Bay. There you go. I had. A, I knew there was a Welsh Bond. To an Good English work. father, uh, but he was but yeah. raised in Wales. He's born in Wales. Oh, and that, that drunk. That's why. Uh, trivia solo player. Dirty right here. drunk. He yeah, he was, he was On only raised fanatic. in Wales up until the age of four, and then they moved to Derbyshire, okay. uh, which is in the Midlands of England. How's that? You, have you done any gigs? In- yeah, I mean, again, it's a county, so there's mm-hmm. Derby, which is a city, but then there's a lot of hills, mm-hmm. a lot of farmland. It's very pretty around there. I'm sure. It's very oh, nice. Yeah. It's God's country. Right? <laughs> they call it an idea. <laughs> um, yeah, hang on. Anglo-Welsh Wars. Yeah, they seem to have stopped around the... They just don't the seem... 15th that, century. They just don't seem that bummed about anything. They're just up there getting drunk, frying shit. You know, they don't really seem that... Like, you never hear... I mean, there's no school buses blowing up in Wales. Well, there I, hasn't really been an England-Wales fight uh, war right. since 1421. But they keep, so I think things have had time to simmer down. But God, Ireland, it was just like nonstop. Can man. you explain, it's maybe, like a, have we talked about this? Like, why, of, why is the Prince of Wales the Prince of Wales? Um, as far as I can work out, and I'm far from any kind of expert on things, monarchy and heraldry, but I think members of the royal family get assigned arbitrary things that they're dukes mm. and princes of. Yeah, I, I think. Oh. So it's if, like if one isn't claimed, basically. I just know that from Game of Thrones. It's kind of like, oh, this guy is the, what, you know. The, yeah, like. The, a, the, 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 
custodian of the seven islands or whatever. Yeah, like when Prince That's William not got married, he got he then became the Duke of Cambridge. Right. Yeah. Which was just I don't Cambridge know. is a city. Cambridge, yeah, that's yeah. in Massachusetts. You know, and Cambridge doesn't have a duke, so like, oh yeah, yeah, you can be Duke of that now. So you're that's so your title. There's no even sense of regionality. Like it could be any level of. Uh, I'll tell you this, so Prince of Wales. It's a solid tea right there. It's a oh, yeah. solid black tea. I think there, I think there a is solid a solid twinings option. I think twinnings there is a twinnings? sense that <laughs> I don't know. I believe like Prince Matt? Charles when he became Prince of Wales like learnt some Welsh and learnt the Welsh national anthem. You have to go. Like, you have to do your due diligence. Was yeah. there like a <laughs> like, training montage where he's uh, <laughs> yeah. and his, his mentor is shaking his head because he's not he's picking just, it he's up. He's just throwing Snickers yeah. in the deep fryer, <laughs> wiping sweat off his brow. That's more Scottish. The deep fried. I thought it was bars. all of it, really. Yeah, no. Scotland's the uh, deep fried Mars bar is a very is a Scottish thing. What, the way, I thought the frying was just uniquely American. In general, I thought frying was a stereotype of oh, America. God, no. Oh no, no, I know. I thought, but I thought that uh, I knew the Scottish did. I thought the Welsh did also. We're big on frying stuff. Just They'll fry, fry stuff, everything. but not the not the chocolate bars. The chocolate bars of, that's unique. Okay, that's I thought the Welsh thing. will just fry everything. I thought. And then there's there's Welsh rabbit, which is basically cheese on toast. Oh, I can't believe good. there's a word for that. I can't believe that's what that's called. It yeah. sounds so fancy, and it's fucking melted <laughs> cheese, on cheese on toast. Yeah, it sounds so high there's class. There's a good bit on that on Inside Lewin Davis. A, John Goodman has a bit on that. Yeah. Oh but, shit! Did I just steal? I didn't. I didn't realize that. No, no, no! You didn't know. Not what you. Not what you said. I'm just. I, I'm like. I do the Chris Farley style of like. Oh, that reminds me of this one scene. It was really cool. No, it's you not. guys should see that. Pretty much every episode, I just quote someone else's stand-up mm. act on this show. So that's um, what I do every time I do stand-up. <laughs> worked pretty well. Uh, no, but the, the frying thing. I thought I'd heard that it's big in the South in the U.S. because it's so hot. It's like the means of cooking that heats up the house you're in the least compared to like an oven. Hmm. So it makes less sense that it would be a thing in colder climes frying in general yeah i guess I but also if you're like if you're like a you know heart attack culture if you're a culture that enjoys heart attacks you know they probably do, they're probably gonna jump on of heart attacks yeah. so yeah they got those heart attack bodies they're always like i, th- I mean is that, the, is that the dad bod well, I, and now heart attack heart attack bod, bod. <laughs> well heart attack bod is a thing it's the belly the belt protruding belly the, well, like the, skinny the, limbs the ratio and, and, um, of that your belly protrudes the how do i say this the differential between the circumference of your of your of your uh Chest, yeah, of your yeah, chest like cavity, rib cage. I guess, yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, to your belly is like there's a there's a gr- like a graph where you're, you're right, you know, your risk of heart attack goes up just like exponentially. Yeah, like it's way the, less the, healthy. The, the further that differential, that's kind like of pear shaped. I can't speak to having a, even yeah. if you're if you're the same amount overweight, but you're pear shaped, it's healthier than apple shaped than having it like be carried in your midsection. Right, it's way yeah. worse. It's, yeah, for, especially for men, I think the, the the that's the heart attack body, the belly. Hey, here's a health story because uh, we've. And something that relates to sort of skepticism and trusting science, because uh, we've had a lot of vaccine stories over the years, and uh, particularly the fact that it's still an ongoing problem. There's a recent, uh, there's a story about the current blowing up of measles that I can't find right now. But Russell Porter sent in this story that's kind of, I guess, a positive thing. Uh, or that- is it? Uh- I mean, yes. Well, it kind of is because there's a lot of evidence. We covered a story about a year or so ago that the more um, the more skeptical someone is uh, initially or the more distrusting of vaccines uh, and the more you... The more likely they are the, to get autism. Well, the more... Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but the more you give them evidence, the more you actually put facts and figures in front of them, the more they actually dig their heels in and the more skeptical they become. So, which then poses... Because, yeah. right, because they think it's a conspiracy or because well, they just... It's I just, think it's like it also gets into like cognitive science where like we all think that we're rational. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so you get most pre- of the time, our, our brains use reason to justify things that a different part of our brain mm-hmm. has already just decided. 
Good point. Even even I do that. I, I fully know that I do that. I do that you know. Like, yeah. You, no one likes to be wrong. So if you're presented with evidence that you're wrong, that you disbelieve, the more of it you. There's get, that feeling that when more, you know you're wrong, and it's like, but you don't. You double down. But, you yeah, do, yeah. but you've pushed so hard, and there's like, yeah. there's the proof, and you're just like, ah, you. ah, well, and there's just, but there's nothing, yeah. and then you just have to resort to jokes about, you know, the dictionary oh, being totally. misprinted or whatever. But you like just know your bus. Ah, oh, it's the worst feeling. But in the world. I think also that's sort of that feeds feeling. into this. Um, this like the the mechanisms that go on in someone's fe- someone's head when they're sort of denying vaccines and so on is there's a sort of distrust of oh the scientists there's that whole like scientific conspiracy idea and then the more facts you get presented with the more you're like it sort of supports that right. theory in your head. Well, it's the same thing with people you know fundamentalist uh, well Christians and Jews I guess really yeah. or, or anybody that's that, that believes that dinosaurs didn't exist or you know that's the, and you can give them the, all the facts in the world. Yeah, the and more they, you and, do, the deeper and, they and dig. Then they kinda, and then they kind of and then they kind of try to work new craziness yeah. into oh, yeah. into the new facts like i actually I, I developed a kind of a friendship with a, a chabad rabbi a few years ago just because he walked i was smoking a cigarette out of my street and he walked by and we struck up a conversation of course i knew and i was just i don't know maybe i was feeling lost in my life but i kind of started hanging out with him and picking his brain and th- th- but that's where he really lost me on stuff like just the the, the dinosaur stuff and or that he believed that the the the, uh, the yeah. earth revolved around the sun yeah, sorry, yeah the sun revolved around the earth rather but there's a story and, um, in um wait is that part of uh, orthodoxy of just, no wait well, i don't there, know if there is a level of um just, and that surprised me i found this out quite late into growing up as a fairly secular jew um that there is a level of extreme judaism which is just as fundamentalist as extreme Christianity, uh, yeah, like creationist, and um, totally. Oh no, I asked him about dinosaurs, and he said that the bones were there. He goes, "It was the Earth was created with a history intact, but the history never happened." Yeah, and just you know weird stuff like that. Because, but because you, you can't deny that those bones are there. You can't yeah. look at the bones and go, "Those are fake." You didn't. Those you know at a certain point you can't. But so you have to work in. You know, it's, it's like, like that Star, Bill Hicks again, line about Star, oh, a prankster god. Star Wars nerds fighting. did that. You know, when yeah. there's like or you know nerds about Star Trek or any there's continuity issues. You kind of you you be very creative about explaining it away. You, know? um, you, you retcon. You retcon. Yeah, yeah. retcon. Exactly. By the way, I went of course, to see Copernicus, not Galileo. Just for the record, Copernicus, not Galileo. There was a story. Um, uh, yeah, that's what they're doing. They're retconning when you're when they're digging yeah. their heels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They they're, just, they're just retconning. Richard Feynman uh, had a story in his uh, autobiography. Um, Surely you're joking, Mister Feynman, which is a great read. About... I'm only halfway through it. It's taken me so long to read, even though it's really? a quick read. It's a really know. quick yeah. read. Yeah. Uh, I love the book. It's a book about he's worth reading all of his stuff anyway. A great scientist and a great explainer and, of science and a great mind. Uh, but he also talk- like a pretty like a nerd. <laughs> like, oh, when he like puts out trails to see how ants, what, what ants follow, when he was just like a freshman in college yeah. and bored. Like what? <laughs> you fucking weirdo. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah, the thing that the thing that got him his Nobel Prize in the end was just came from him absentmindedly looking at the way a pattern on a plate wobbled when he was spinning it on the table, like a really? dinner plate. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but uh, but he talks about when he was, I think, an undergraduate. He was talking to a an author, a more orthodox Jew. He was a secular Jew, and he was asking why you couldn't press an, uh, the button on an elevator on the Sabbath because you can't do certain types of work on the Sabbath. And they explained that well, when you press a button, that can cause a, an electric button or electric switch. Electric. There's a risk of a spark. Hmm. And uh, whenever you press an electric switch, and a spark is a type of fire, and creating fire is one of the prohibited hmm. forms of work on the Sabbath. And he was a young physicist, and he's like, well, you could just put a condenser across the circuit, and that would stop a spark from ever f- falling. And he sort of describes in the book how he's like, I thought I'd solved it for Judaism, yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah. found a way that Jews could use electricity for the re- from now on on the Sabbath. And he had no understanding at that point, until that moment, how a rabbi 
has a thousand ways of then reworking and rejigging around. He's like, as yeah, but because of this and this tricking, and this, and suddenly yeah. he was like out of the lock. The, he, he was like, like the first time I heard about what's what do they call the thing that Elvis did as a side job when you hire somebody who's not Jewish to do those things for you? Oh, the, being a Shabbos goy. Being like, as a, how do you not think God sees that? Like, oh, it's trick, all full of tricks. Well, Elvis, Elvis was doing that for a little while. And there's the Erev as well. The the Erev is um. So you can't carry one of the other forms of prohibited work on the Sabbath is carrying something outside. So you can carry stuff within the home. Which, by the way, as long as it keeps the same potential energy, if the thing only moves uh, laterally and not up and down, you didn't do any work right. in terms of physics. So, well, then uh, write into the rabbis, and yeah, they'll find yeah, a way yeah. of telling you you're wrong. But, uh, yeah, you can't carry things on the Sabbath, but you can carry things indoors. And walled cities count as indoors. Like, Jerusalem is a walled mm. city. Um, but then certain mm. cities and certain areas of cities that have high-density, high-Jewish populations, such as North London have what's called an Erev, which is basically a fake wall around the city made up of partly permanent structures, but in some places just like a telephone line or a wire. Oh, yeah, I've heard of like strings around a house or something, so inside yeah. that... Yeah, so that just turns it into a wall, so the now you're indoors, the, so then they can carry things. Because like, what God's looking for is to see how creative you are getting by on a technicality. Yeah, you know it's, what I mean? it's all about Well, you never said it had to be... Oh, a wire is technically... And God's like, okay, yeah. you got me there. My friend cousin. All right, I thought you were disrespecting me, like but, he's, he's, but... He's the bad guy from Inspector Gadget. Yeah, yeah. like, I'll get you next yeah, time. Right. It's oh. totally yeah, like tricking God. Well, I used to have a story in my stand are we racist now? Are we? Are we? Are we? Well, we we're t- this is a two-third no, Jewish podcast right every, now, and this is also everybody. This is everybody. And also, God. it's not the race; it's the fucking oh, yeah. lunatic. Yeah. This is everybody's ridiculous. Uh, it's institutionalized OCD. Uh, like, it completely yeah. is. Um, my friend Kirsty, Nick Doody's uh, wife, was once walking to the train station. It was the winter; there was snow on the ground, and this Orthodox Jewish guy came outside and said hi, and she went hi. And he and he went. Oh, I think I've told you this. And he went. Uh, he said, uh, "It's cold here." And she went, "Yeah." And he went, "And our boiler just went out." And she went, "Too bad." Ah. And he went, "Yeah, the boiler's gone out, and uh, it's cold inside. The family are cold because the boiler's gone out." And she was like, "Yeah." And he said it again, and she's like, "Oh, do you need me to turn the boiler on?" Mm-hmm. And he still couldn't actually say yeah. yes because that would be directly asking us. So I was like, "Oh, if you know, if the, the boiler's you know, if you happen to turn it on, oh really? You, just... you can't directly ask." <laughs> Apparently not. Oh wow! Yeah, so she walking... went into the house and just and pressed the button to turn the. Boiler I thought he was off. asking. I still missed the point. Of I, th- I was thinking that she was. He was trying to come kick it at her house. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "This is a rude Jew trying to bring his whole family to her house." Yeah, someone asked me that the score of a Dodgers game when I was walking back from the Fox Fire after dark on a Friday night. Yeah, and I was like. I don't know. And then he like was like, do you have a phone? <laughs> I'm not going to look up the sky. I'm oh. going to help you cheat on your God. Like, <laughs> That's pretty funny. I like that that Jew cared about baseball yeah. uh, enough to want to want to cheat God for, um, for sports. That makes me happy. So this vaccine story, which remember that? They don't let you put out cigarettes either. I was doing... I really? Because I was, had, I was smoking... When I, when I first met the guy, I was smoking a cigarette. And I started putting... He goes, he goes, do me a favor, don't put that out. And I'm like, no, it's cool, I got it. And I just like crunch... Like just right in front of him. And he's like... Uh, that was, I thought he was just saying, like, don't litter or something. I was like, I'm going to bring it inside. And he was like, no, actually, you can't extinguish. You know, Interesting. And, kind of, and, and I, You can. Oh, the, right, right. I guess because you're a Jew, was, even though you're a secular Jew. That, I thought that he was, but I'm, it was exactly, he was like, do me, ah, and yeah, it was just yeah, like, yeah. you know, just smad, like right in his face. It was so flagrant, you know, inadvertently, but it was. Um, so uh, what does work, apparently, what has been shown to have an effect on people who are anti-vaccine mm-hmm is showing them the consequences of the disease. 
So rather than giving them adv- giving them facts and figures and statistics on and proof that the so, autism this is link pol- is bullshit. This is polio. <laughs> yeah, like, you want this? This is mumps. You want your kids really to have is. this? Yeah, Literally, here's a yeah. picture of a kid with here's a picture of a kid with measles in hospital with a vent with ch- ventilator mm, and yeah. tubes in, a, in her nose. Uh, here is a story. Here are anecdotes of dying children. Yeah, um, and that actually that has been shown to have an effect, a statistically significant effect. And in fact, wow. apparently the change is most drastic for the most skeptical participants in the study. So directing people's attention to the risks posed by not getting vaccinated, like getting measles, mumps, and rubella, and the complications associated with the disease change people's attitudes positively towards vaccination. Uh, so show me, don't tell me. Yeah, and specifically talk about... Try, I guess try and play on the same emotional strings yeah. that the anti-vaxxers are playing on. Because like everyone cares about kids. That's why they're doing it. Everyone yeah. thinks they're doing what's in the best interest None of the None of the anti-vaxxers, with a couple of exceptions maybe, I, the guy, um, now I'm blanking on his name, the guy behind the original study. Andrew something? Uh, Andrew Wakefield, yeah. who fucked that guy, fuck him hard and painfully. But um, Sounds fun. He's, but I, I, he's a fraudster. He's a complete fraudster and I don't believe he gives a shit about the kids. He's just in it for the money and he's caused the death of children mm-hmm. so fuck him but um but i think most of the parents um including the most vehement ones they think they're doing the right thing yeah uh because they and because vaccines do have side effects but the side effects mm. that they have are so much rarer and so much less serious than the side effects of the diseases yeah, that they I, I think that's what everyone forget that, and that's what this is talking about like yeah. the actual diseases are awful that these prevent yeah. this and isn't like by the way autism is not one of those side effects that's never happened but no, there are people not. do have negative reactions to vaccines yeah, there crazy. are uh, you can get I brain have, damage yeah, from, like one in a million from a vaccine but it's much more likely from the measles that. and higher yeah. and worse yeah. so um, I it's related but should we wait, do you guys wait for the plane no you can't the mics are shitty um the mics are shitty and won't pick them up. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so that helps you, that it's shitty mics. It's genuinely an advantage of the fact of the, that we I were very cheap. I was just telling a friend to start a podcast, oh. and I, I sent a link to these, these mics. I'm like, these mics cost $12 and each, and, they and don't, they've worked for and four years. And they never years. pick up airplanes. Just yeah. use these mics. We're, I feel like we're at Shea Stadium, and nobody knows it. Yeah. Um, it, it's in a more in a similar way, in a, the although in a similar story that's more related to the, the power of uh, imagery more than the vaccine thing when my kids are really are get act when they when they throw tantrums about things that i deem uh not tantrum worthy or not, yeah. not you know things that i think are really you know food <laughs> uh, candy treats i want to go here i want a toy that i can't have things like that i show them or i don't want to get i don't want to brush my teeth whatever yeah. i i pull out my phone i swear and I, I google pictures of like poor children holocaust victim children <laughs> and i show them kids and i go this is real suffering i show them kids sleeping on dirt floors in south america with flies on them I go, this is these there's this is happening right now you think you have problems like that's how you know i do and, mm. and you know and it really is effective yeah it makes them shut up because they're looking at it because well maybe the, the, the images are enthralling but then i think they really it really kind of hits home but like, it's interesting that but the, it's the idea of using it's illustrating it's, this point perfectly. It's it's yeah. showing, not telling. But like, I also can't believe that the equivalent of my parents actually did do the like, you know, kids are starving in whatever the '80s starving country was, Ethiopia. They tell China. it to you, but now I have the power right. to pull up my and phone and go, "Here's a picture it. of that shit." But I didn't know it was still going on. Like, no, oh yeah, totally. The new version. So in fact, my parents never really did that to me. I mean, I, you heard it because I grew up in the '80s, also, yeah, yeah. and it was been in the PC. It was a lot of kids are starving in Africa. Yeah. You're complaining about this kind of thing, but. um I'll, I will pull out, like, you know, I kind of save it for rare occasions, but I'll, you know, I get pretty intense with it. Yeah. I'm not going to show them gore, but I'm going to show them 
pretty extreme depravity. You know? Okay, you're going to pull away just before uh, the last second of their lives. This is what happens if you don't wear a condom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, not that kind of stuff. They, they're, they're, they're both, I mean, they're 11 and 5. They both know to wear condoms. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't just fall off the turnip truck, yeah. It's, but I was, I was surprised. Not their first rodeo. Growing up, uh, when I got into Weird Al, which was like the first thing I ever got into, I think, uh, eat it. I was His with you when you to... met when you met Weird Al, and it oh, was a very right. exciting day. I was like, "I'm gonna play it cool. It's just not oh, a big wow. deal." And I was that like, was this very is cool. Like Best Star Wars song ever. Deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saga yeah. begins makes me cry. And also, if there's any, if ever anyone you can nerd out on, it's the most nerdy. Yeah. Did <laughs> yeah. you know that, that Don McLean says when he sings American Pie, he accidentally puts Saga Begins lyrics in sometimes. Anakin guy. Yeah, because his kids became so obsessed with the song, and he said <laughs> it, he was so impressed. It's such a perfect. And he hadn't seen the film when he wrote it. He'd only Can seen I... the preview and put it together through media. Oh, so that it would come media. out at the same time? Yeah, no, he released it before the film. He hadn't seen the film. Is and it? He, he only had to change one. He asked for some confirmation on something because he pretty much put it, pieced it together through media event, you know, whatever books and yeah. and things he was able to, able to call about the story and the preview. And he put it together perfectly. It's a perfect telling of that. It's really one. good. Yeah, and it's just oh, it's so beautiful. Excuse me. Can it I play? Can I play my nephew's covering that song? Sure. <laughs> uh, my nephew Jensen is on mandolin, which he's not actually Same. he's not fretting it so it's it's Same. a little this is all born of the prequels all you prequel haters but but this my the adorable video will would not happen if not for it. episode one yeah <laughs> oh no how do i make it happen okay well it's that's whatever it's probably, it's probably because it's plugged in yeah so anyway uh i will link to we'll, that. we'll edit that we'll fix that in post fix that in post that in honestly there. no I'll link, I'll link to that on on probably also, we could just, you could just send this video and you could just send it to me it's pretty cute it's pretty cute yeah do they know they've seen the whole fucking thing? It's like uh, thirty seconds worth, but considering okay. he's five years know, old, do he, they know the he whole knows thing? a fair amount of the wow. lyrics. I was surprised. The, the Anakin guy version, or are they doing? Uh, Amer- or are they no, no. Act- no, he's like, no, they're doing American Pie. <laughs> My nephews <laughs> are actually, serious Buddy Holly fans. Well, now that we're now that we're doing it, okay, now I do have to actually make it. Uh, what is, what were they singing? The saga begins, right? They were singing the saga begins. Okay, yeah, okay. let this me is just the hook, see. Probably, I would assume. Is it just them doing the hook? It better work now. It better work now. It's not working. Why would it not be working? No, I changed the output. Oh, uh, well. Yeah. Well, You're that's what happens. You know, Macintoshes. Yeah, anyway, fuck you. These, <laughs> new, <laughs> Apple, these new Apple Macintosh computers. <laughs> Macintosh computers. <laughs> does, anybody, has anybody called them a Macintosh in the last 20 years? <laughs> I don't know, not since Douglas Adams died. I don't know. <laughs> um, he, was, he was big in, into Macintosh. He had the first, uh, I think he had the first Mac in Britain. He was really. He wrote a game. It was, it was just. It was like a, a text-only game. What? Really? Yeah. No. He really. I don't know if that's true about Stephen Fry, but I know that Adams is a serious early, early, early Mac guy. You know? Huh. I never knew super this. Super Mac, Mac head. Yeah. So they didn't get into the school system in the UK like they did in the US. Because that, no, that was how that was how they ingratiated themselves. Remember, there was a Hitchhiker's Guide game for Mac that was all text. It was kind of a, oh, it was kind of a that, RP, like a RPG. I don't. I never played it. I was too young, but I remember, I've read up on it. Were that you, guy, that guy that, died. That, that, that bypassed me. That dude missed... died in a story that he could have written. What it's happened? Crazy. He, you know how Douglas Adams died? I, I, he joined. The, he, he, he had a daughter. Wanted to get in shape. I, didn't, uh, I think this me. is the way I understand it. Maybe someone will correct me, and I should I should look it up on the internet because I haven't heard the story since the internet was mm. was, was as big as it's become in the last. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what is it? I think it's going to become something. I think, it's, I think it's uh, but, um, really taken off. Yeah. No, apparently, I think he, he wanted to get in shape. He was in his 40s, and he joined. A, he got a gym membership, joined a gym, and like went. The, and his first day at the gym, died of a heart attack on no. the treadmill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'd never heard I that. I did not know that. Yeah, which is like a, a total Douglas Adams, anecdote, like a sidebar anecdote that he would, like a whole planet of people would die on treadmills. Trying to get in shape. This planet was a colony of the people trying to get in shape. and they died Holy on shit, treadmills. he didn't make it to 50. I had no idea. No, he died, on, he died at the gym. But somebody fact check this. Yeah, me. no, he died at 49. And um, it was. As far as uh, I know, it's his first, it's his first after day. After resting from his regular workout at a private gym. His regular he workout. I thought it was oh, his first day. Oh, shit. Well. It's saying regular workout. Well, well that's not. Maybe he wanted it to be. He wouldn't have had. Well, let's, can we just tell my Douglas Adamsy version of the story of his death, please? Um, yeah, he had a heart attack. It was a heart attack at the gym. I thought it was because he it, was, no, it was. It was a heart attack at the gym. I thought it was his I, first day, though, which maybe someone just saw that that was a perfect Douglas Adams twist to, to a death and yeah. fudged the story when they told me. They wanted it to be like his a regular Alanis workout. Morissette style of, isn't that ironic? <laughs> Verse, yeah, right, right. stanza from her. Um, hey, uh, genetic changes could make pig organs usable <laughs> for human transplant. What's this now? Uh, it's a story that Cody Varaday sent in. Don't we do that already, or baboon hearts, or um, we haven't done pig stuff already. No, we do pig stuff. We, we do do pig yeah. stuff, but pig uh, valves, but, babe, but we can turn, we can, we can make them better. But now matches. we can turn pigs into humans, is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, there's a gene editing technique called uh, CRISPR that could. <laughs> I never <laughs> use the CRISPR in my fridge. I'll probably never use this one either. I love you man know? doing the American accent. Every oh, no, no, this is I'm, that wasn't me doing an American accent. That's me trying to read out a bad acronym. It's C R I S P R at the end. But so you, I was like, no, you didn't say, you didn't say like grinder. You said R. You didn't say CRISPR. You didn't say CRISPR. Because that's how you would pronounce CRISPR in an. Because it's because there's no E R. Do you have there's an no, American there's accent? There's no E in the shitty acronym. Now, as a British person living here in Los Angeles, you're probably going to get cast as a superhero at some point pretty soon. You got to have your American accent ready, man. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Oh, it's so bad. I wish I wish I had a skill at accents. I wish I had. A, you can't do like, American accents. Not well. No, I, like I, you're probably the most British sounding person I know. Like, the, like if the levels of one one to the queen, you're like I mean not, I don't mean gay the, ba- the actual you queen. mean the band queen the queen yeah <laughs> the band yeah I mean Freddie you one to Freddie Mercury you're uh, no you're like really I don't know what part of England you're from I know I know the accent I'm from the London suburbs from the London suburbs okay is, is your, would you say your accent is specific to that area uh, obviously it is right? am I I have a very you have like a newscaster kind of generic when you you no, I would from say I have a very straight down the line middle class okay. British accent but it's, it's very you sound very London. British. Um, but my my British friends think that I sound like I've lost certain sounds. Lost being certain out sounds, here. consonant sounds. Like I nearly said British rather than British, for example, which is a sort of Wait, you would say British. You would say the T. I'd hit the T, but instead I said British, and it sort of I've softened like the it almost. Yeah, yeah and like I started saying like America. water and butter. Um, Which yeah. is not how Americans even say it. It's sort of hybrid. Huh. You're right. My yeah. stepdad is English and has been here for like 60, and he does that. It's like you hear him talking like, you're not from here, but you're not. Doesn't s- and also tons of phrase I get I know get picked up on when I go back home. Like I've, I'll say. You're like, that's the way the cookie crumbles, right, guys? <laughs> like we, we, stuff I'll like fire that. a gun in the air. <laughs> I'll say things like so way hotter. Run- in the mouth. <laughs> way hotter? Rather than far hotter. Oh, far. Uh, far, far hotter. Far is way pretentious. <laughs> well, you, could, very, you said some kind of cool, far, you said some cool foreign stuff in the text when we were we were kind of having uh, there was a delay because you were you guys were held up. He was waiting for his lorry. And um, yeah, you were waiting for you. Right, what is a lorry? Is it a bus? A, that's, no, a that's truck. a truck. Oh like damn it! Truck. What is a bus? God damn it! You got me twice. You got me twice, Eglin. You did call me man. You said sorry to screw you around. Oh. I don't think we would say that. Wait, we would screw say, you around? Screw with you? We would Wait. say sorry to, we would say sorry to, sorry some, to, some, to like, fuck, fuck you up. Fuck, we'd be like, sorry to fuck you in the butt. Sorry to mess up That's your... That's what America would say. Sorry, sorry to, to fuck your, your butt ass. cheeks yeah, and exactly. just, you know, dive right in there, probably mouth first, <laughs> and then 
you know, really work it in. But I'm, so speaking of your T and D thing, I'm surprised you don't say your name differently because I didn't realize until recently you you get misheard as saying Max. Oh, like, so I he don't said know he how reckoned. to say my name. You I reckoned, Rhett. I reckoned. can't say my name to him. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You, you, when you, I reckon, you, but when I do it, I'm being cutesy. You, let you, some you air did out, it sincerely. You let some air out after the T. I've go, tried different ways to say it. I've tried different ways to say it without... And I still get Matt. I've tried going Matt and really hitting it. You no, know, but at the end, you, you still let out, you, you let out air after the consonant. You went Matt, Matt and then you let, where Americans would say Matt. Matt. And no more Matt. air comes out at the end. Matt. But I've tried going you know like who Matt, does, you know who, still you know who does? Max. Roy Jones Jr. He does. He goes, uh, this is a great fight. Fight. <laughs> Every t- I love that he does that, actually. So maybe maybe he's... Maybe he's but yeah, that happens a lot. And someone goes, hey, Max. And I'm like, oh, no, it's Matt. I'm sorry I said my name wrong. Say, uh, if you say Max without letting air out, it's just Mac. Also, he... No, uh, even, even, also, cut, even Mac, Matt, it's just Mac. Something else Matt yeah. did was he said, uh, what time do you need to be away? Not what time mm-hmm. you need to leave or be out. I thought that was kind of yeah. British-y. Another thing you guys will say, which you haven't said to me, is, oh, should we go to yours instead of your place? Like oh, yours? Yeah. We don't really do that. It's a, it's a mine. I'm starting I'm to having a party that, at mine. That Americans and Brits say things differently. Is that true? Yeah, and men and women are different. <laughs> yeah. And black people will be like, <laughs> but white people will be all. <laughs> uh, I had someone corner me once for ages uh, at a gig telling me that I should really do a, I should do a joke about how in women Britain, uh, fag means cigarette, <laughs> and you should do a thing. I'm like, oh, you mean that thing that every American who's ever come to yeah. Britain has noticed and yep. done a joke about? Imagine my surprise. <laughs> because here it's short. Wait. It's just short for faggot. Imagine my shock. <laughs> and I don't know. Oh, I don't, and I don't know oh, what that. I, but I don't know what that means. I don't know what faggot means. It means a bundle of sticks. So oh, okay, that's right. <laughs> also, that makes, that people, makes okay. That that makes a lot of think conversations make sense that I've had in the last fifteen years. And this is probably snopesable, but that's not even related, right? Because people have said that like that's why the term is that because they would burn gay people or something. Like it's not right. That's just I'm sure apocryphal. That's reverse yeah, reverse. Yeah, it sounds like it would make sense. Um, yeah. I don't know. It might be because gay people to, um, put cigarettes. That was in on their a Louis butts. episode. That was on, and I'm like, no one did the research on well, this. Well, this when, also, you're, when you're a young gay guy sitting around doing trivia, yeah, when you, you like to put you like to put tobacco in your butt usually, <laughs> and, that's, also, and that's where that term was born. Um, <laughs> it could be based on that. There's also the thing um, in the British boarding school world. Uh, There's a bunch the, of faggots there. Right? Well, <laughs> the fact, the fag. <laughs> Is a, is the right, younger, science, like a junior student who's re- who has to basically be a servant for the old, for an older student. Like one of the prefects yeah. will have a fag who runs around for him and lights the fire in the study for him. And that could be it, then, right? That could be. And that could be the connection between those two things. Uh, although Wikipedia now is saying it, uh, it could be a application of the term to old women. Possibly a shortening of the term fag gatherer, meaning uh, I, I, I don't want to be Quite saying this word so many times. Like this is a really I that was like that was like a that was like a crew job on the birdcage was fag faggot handler. I think this has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> but no, this. Uh, uh, why could I not come up with a more recent example of a game within the birdcage? By the way, that was like like what a what a what a. What a current, what a, what a relevant fair, reference. We're you know? the same age. That was probably the first movie that like openly, uh, that was like a thing that everyone went to see and that was... You're 27? I didn't know you were 27. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Matt, this reminds me of uh, another favorite Miss uh, Who to Thunk thing that's not actually true about sophomore. Have you heard the thing? The, the thing people always say about sophomore is it means wise yet foolish and it's completely not true. Oh yeah, there's... Um... And all of those sort of backronyms where they're like, new stands for North, North East, South, West, and South. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nope. 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 Or it's just, you know, 
new stuff coming in. Yeah. And someone's reverse engineered that. Uh, speaking of engineering, so this gene editing technique called CRISPR, CRISPR could allow scientists to genetically modify pig organs to be better matches for human transplant patients, according to new research. Researchers at Harvard Medical School found 62 DNA sequences in pigs, which are the remnants of a virus called porcine uh, endogenous retrovirus, or, or perf. Uh, which we got Port Perv and CRISPR P-E-R-V that has perv? been shown Perv Perv P-E-R-V P-E-R-V what that's the name so of this you say CRISPR but you can't say Perv yeah come on give us a Perv that has Perv Perv give me one Perv oh you want Perv yeah, yeah. Uh, that has been shown to infect human cells in lab experiments Scientists think that pig organs could be used for human transplant patients because they are similar in size. Perv and the intense immune response to pig cells have held back their use. Basically, this whole field has been in the doldrums for 15 years, says George Church, a geneticist at Harvard. There's been a kind of a few true believers that had it on life support, but I think this changes the game completely. The CRISPR gene editing technology <laughs> uses the Cas9 protein to guide RNA RNA into a cell, allowing scientists to alter genes. In the new study, researchers at Harvard described disrupting 62 copies of the PERV gene in a pig's kidney <laughs> the perv gene. epithelial oh, cell line. Oh, when these cells were then introduced to human cells in the lab, a nearly thousand-fold decrease in PERV transmission <laughs> was seen. This, the researchers wrote, shows that the virus can be inactivated for clinical application to pig to human transplants. Church told Nature that his research team also changed more than 20 other pig genes that cause an immune response in human cells. The research has yet to be published, but Church says that for pig organs to be a viable option for human transplant, both sets of modifications would need to be made. Well, then get on that. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it was kind of cool from two standpoints, says Church. Uh... One is that set a record for CRISPR or any genetic modification of an animal, and it took away what was considered to be the most perplexing problem to be sold in the xenotransplantation field. With immune tolerance, that completely changes the landscape as well. These two things, immune tolerance and now getting rid of all the retroviruses, means we have a clear path. Okay, uh, without the obvious, Jacob, if you could pick any uh, other animal's body part to have... The obvious, the horse cock yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe cat cock, because how do you know I don't want a real spiky... <laughs> yeah. Maybe I, maybe that's I the route I would horse cock would be but, horrifying, though. So, yeah, I guess so. Right, so no yeah. dicks. No dicks is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. But I can't have a pussy. I can't like, have a giraffe pussy either. <laughs> you okay. want to have both? You want to have like, just above the... Uh, I don't know. I just yeah. I just wanted to say the word pussy on yeah. the science podcast. Um, We've already said worse this episode by yeah. quite some way. Um, if any animal... Uh, well, shit. You know, I want, I want to fly, man. So I'm gonna, I'm, oh, gonna, shit. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with some Wait because of, because I'm American, damn it. Unlike some people this on this podcast, yeah. I'm gonna go with bald eagle wings. <laughs> what if you did that? And all it does is just generate a slight breeze. Yeah, right. Like, what is bald like, eagle? Should have gone with a bigger flying creature. Right. Uh, What's the I know, right? Thing? With like a like a like a dactyl or something. Do we get our our old creatures? Or could you just get enough wings could, could, from? Could I mean, like, would twelve sets of of falcon wings be enough to get a human off the I think, ground? I think. I think. I think. How a, many falcon? You googling how many falcon? I would wings assume that the bald eagle wings would be proportioned to my size. I'm. And this is becoming more of a fantasy than a, okay, than a okay, science. Okay, okay. We're I'm, getting. Uh, we're getting. You're not like. It's not like. 
Let's face off where there's a bald eagle and there's you underneath like equal sedation and like some uh, could it, well, back like, alley. Okay, uh, uh, see, um, now I want to I want to go to. Can I use giant eagles from Lord of the Rings? I was uh, googling because right, right, right. those he- wings. Oh yeah, the, yeah those might be too, those. those might be too big. In addition to arms, you don't give up your arms for wings. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, yeah. I got wings you and arms. Take a guess. The, the heaviest flying birds are the males of the Eurasian great bustard and the African cory bustard. Uh, do you want to have a guess at how heavy these flying bustards are? Bastard. Uh, again, the British are. I can't tell what you're saying. Um, I'm going to guess the heaviest flying thing is like uh, 18 pounds. Do you want to take a guess? I would say the heaviest. It's a bird. It is a bird. It's a plane. Okay. I would say. I would say it would weigh up to about 70 pounds. Uh, you are both off by a factor of two. You two, you're double the amount. You're 35. Oh, it's 35 dead on. Okay, because I bet ostriches weigh more, but they don't fly. Because what, what can ostrich weigh? Probably a couple hundred pounds. Uh, 100, I, I'm impressed. I wouldn't have thought anything flying weighs that much. So I want to see a picture. Yeah, 16 of it. kilograms, by the way, for our metric friends. Damn. I don't know anything about. Yeah, an ostrich, metric. an adult ostrich, is between 140 and 320 pounds. Wow. So really, I mean, my physics might be off here, but you know, get slap maybe three or four sets of those wings. Yeah, on that's a about skinny enough person. Kilograms, but. Yeah. You find a skinny enough person and transplant like it's four. It's really five sets. not fair that we can't use dicks, by the way, because yeah. there are so many cool animal so dicks. Cool. I just saw a dolphin dick for the first There's time. The, wait, you did? What? How? I have a gif of a guy sucking one. Oh, okay. I thought you meant you were in the ocean and no, and, and you presented. thought in person. Yeah. I just, I, guys, I just. You don't think I? You don't think I would bring that up sooner on a science podcast? I just, I had a podcast. I had a podcast. I had a dolphin come within arm's distance of me on Sunday. I'm not talking about it. Sunday? Oh, when you're but you're a surfer. I was surf, but I've never had like three or four. Dolphins. You sucked that dick. Are you sure it was an arm? But did you suck that dick? I did. But like the closest they ever come to me, it was amazing. Like they were both. That they, is all, rad. all three or four. That's like, like I was obsessed with the movie The Big Blue, the Luc Besson film, The Big Blue. Yeah, yeah, with Jean Marc Bar. Swimming around with the dolphins. My brother and I love that movie. And, and that's so, yeah, dolphins in real life. Oof. Did those two dolphins, did they cure your autism? They, t- <laughs> they took me down to the underwater lair. They raped me, but then my autism went away. So it was worth it. Hey, uh, we've, we've got some people to thank before we wrap oh, this up. Oh, we do. <laughs> God damn it. I, I feel bad thanking very generous donors after the past <sighs> 10 minutes it's of this long, podcast. But you guys, are, without you, we couldn't do what we just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Howley has donated. Thank you, Robert. Paolo Saez Navarro, uh, his recurring donation has come through, and so is James Cox's donation. And, and then we, got, we got two big single two donations. Two big single like, donations. Very generous. Thank oh, you cool. so much uh, from uh, Janine Bain. And also, thank you so much, Matthew Easterbrooks. I will say this, guys. I'm a little concerned. Sometimes when I guest on a podcast, it's like a themes, you know, that's a themed podcast that's not really my, my, my legit area of expertise. Yeah. Um, like I've, you know, Brent Weinbach has, and and our, our good friend uh, uh, Rob Martinez used to have a, a podcast about video games, about uh, uh, video game music, uh-huh. and I would get I've guessed it on a few times, and I love video game music, but I don't know anything about it except that I've you know, and but I would every time I go on, I get these kind of comments from the regular, like that guy doesn't know shit about music, don't have him on your, don't have him on ever again. You call that, and he's not, you call him a comedian, he's you know, how and big it's just, can their audience be? A, I don't know, but that, that's even more insulting because like the eight people that they have hate me, <laughs> so it's like it's just even a smaller pool. So I just I'm just kind of if you guys get some like really nerdy science anti Jacob Zero mm-hmm. uh, just don't tell me no it's fine no, just no, don't no, tell no. me uh, you can, you can even read them on the air I, I, don't, I won't listen our you listeners are very nice and always very complimentary are supportive of our guests I know I said something wrong I, said, uh, I, I, had, no. I did something or, or you know you can't like announce that you're pro uh, midichlorian in a, in a, 
and, no, in fact, and not be if murdered. You, really, if you're science-minded and still enjoy Star Wars, you kind of have to be a metachlorian, pro-metachlorian, right? I think, like, but I see, I've never met another person that agrees with me. <laughs> but I, but, I, I mean, it's, it's for a different podcast, but I want to hear how you think those movies are better, though, in general. The, uh, maybe what? For, are better maybe like what? a 30-second version of how you think the prequels are better in general. Better what? Just, Better? I thought you were saying you like the prequels better than the original. No, I wasn't saying that. I like oh, I don't okay. ha- I like all of them equally. I just I'm a prequel equally. supporter. Yeah, I don't I love Jar equally. Jar as much as I love Han Solo. I don't I don't there's no no such thing. I'm a Star Wars apologist. There's no, but but I don't feel there's any need to apologize, so there's no I don't like that there term. No there's there's Jar-Jar. nothing I don't like about Star Wars. Every single thing about Star Wars is good. If you wish to donate as well and help us yes. out, Sorry, go Matt. to probablyscience.com uh, and click on the donate button. You can also find our Amazon link where you can shop on Amazon. Oh, uh, yeah. Click through there first. Why not set your bookmark to that? As you don't forget, it costs you no extra. We get a kickback and that helps support the show. Uh, and the other way you can help us is by spreading the word. Uh, tell lots of people. Tweet, Facebook, subscribe if you're not already subscribing. Hey, we got a donation as well. And I think we did thank him on the air last week, but... I want to set the same puzzle to our listeners that he set us, because we don't normally name the amount of money that people donate, but um, David Mass donated $17.32 and said, would you care to guess what kind of an engineer he is? from his donation amount. So seventeen thirty two. if anyone wants to... Oh, that's... Uh, make a guess. I'm not. We're not going to say it this week, but... Tweet in or email us in and see if you can work it out. But these kind of games are so silly with the internet. It's just a complete honor system, huh? I no, no, used the internet I mean, and I couldn't work it out. But I mean, oh, really? did you get the, when he gave, I feel like we should give this first clue because without 1732, this, without this, wait, can I get it? Can this, I just get my own guess? You'll have nothing. Okay. What well, is, no, no, what is, the, I want all the clues. Okay, well, instead, he, instead of 1732, I can say this part, right? Think yeah, of it I as, think, think of it as 1.732. Okay, that's all we'll say. Yeah. Uh, although, still, I'm not sure I would have got it. Did you see my response to him? Uh, I did. I kind of got it. I mean, I got the first part of it, but I didn't. uh... Um, so, uh, those are the donors. Thank you so much, all of those people. Hey, Jacob. Yes, sir. If our listeners want to find you or even send you tweets just to say you don't know shit about game music. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love (laughs) to about game music. Wait, you don't know video uh, uh, game well, music, you dick. Well, my name is Jacob Siroff, and that's spelled S like Sam, I-R-O-F like Frank, uh, one F. And you're Jacob with And I'm a, Jacob with the normal, with the normal spelling. Um, like J-A-double-K. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and, uh, and two ads. L-B. And two ampersands <laughs> yeah. before, before my name on Twitter. I'm the only one. What have you got um, coming up that our listeners could see you doing? Uh, well, I'm off, I'm off to Cincinnati tomorrow morning to do some Doug Benson shows, which are always fun. We were talking about that the other night, nice. guys. And so that'll be, I think, Go Bananas Friday. No, I'm sorry, Thursday and Saturday. And then somewhere in Columbus, which, that I don't know the venue, somewhere in Columbus, Ohio, on Saturday. I don't know how, how soon do you guys post this stuff. Uh, on, should, on, uh, on Sunday, rather. No, it might be up... Um, it might be up Wednesday night tonight if can, I can get my shit together. I always, yeah. I always bail on this part, but I have a show in um, San Diego I should probably promote on the... Um, yeah, plug it. The, uh, in the meantime, while you're looking up the date, I don't... It's not confirmed yet, but it looks like on the 20th of November will be when my new album is coming out. I didn't know about this. Yeah. Where so did you record that? I recorded it at Rooster Tea Feathers a few weeks I ago. I love Rooster Tea Feathers. Uh, after Burning Man? Yeah, straight after Burning Man, what? I recorded an album, which was maybe a mistake, but I'm happy with how you it came out. You tell me that. Oh, Roosters, huh? Cool. So um, it's that, still cool. in the editing process, and there's you know all the artwork to be done and everything, so hopefully it'll Do you think it was, drop by the 20th. Was... But when there's a link, when there's a pre-order link, I'll let you guys know, because I'd love you to support it and spread the word. Do you think it was a hindered, hindered or helped by Burning Man? I don't think it made much difference. I know everyone was like, God, when you leave Burning Man, you need to leave some space because it's going <laughs> to fuck with your head. 
Well, I was like, I was tired for a day or two, and you know, I had some stuff to process. But I, no, I was, it was just yeah. it was a weekend yeah. of gigs, and it was fun. By the so, way, can I plug you appearing on Moshe's podcast because I listened oh, yeah. to that and it was really fun. Cool. Yeah, do that. Uh, listen to Hound Tall, uh, Moshe Cash's monthly town hall meeting podcast, where he brings on an expert on some topic and some comedian friends. And he had Matt on last month to talk about Burning Man. It was pretty fun. Uh, oh, yeah. Moshe's into Burning Man. Never had me on that show, though. <laughs> Supposedly one of my best friends. Uh, Never had me on the show. Hey, at least he got invited to his wedding. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, that's well, I'm sure that that's going to be a <laughs> that's a whole topic of, I, I, you know, I don't I don't. Yeah, I don't. I was no, honestly, I don't. There were people that I thought I would invited. see. But, you know, there were people there that I saw that I didn't. You know, Obama was there. I don't get invited so that, to I think, any weddings. That's more of a political move on her part, though. Yeah. Well, I mean. He's on his way out. It felt, yeah. it felt like a pity. It felt like a pity invite to me. The ratio of people that whose weddings I have not been invited to that have gotten divorced already is pretty high. I'm I, just saying. I'm I, not saying. I, I I'm not saying you can't do well if you don't have me at your wedding. But I'm saying if you don't have me at your wedding, it's hurting your chances a little bit. Just so everyone knows, I, my um, divorced friends for the most part didn't invite me. It was it was there was a whole surfing part of the wedding where all we did we all sat around <laughs> and surfed a little bit at the wedding, and I was like, Andy should be here for this. <laughs> But and then everyone else was like, "Who's Andy?" I was like, "Never mind." <laughs> He's a cool guy. He's a scientist. Yeah, He's the scientist that. I hang out with sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Wood. I'm gonna be at the Wood Comedy Show on October 21st in San Diego. Go and see that, right, Jake. He's a very that. funny comedian. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I hope I wasn't. I hope I didn't. That was I, great. I, I love science, and I love. Uh, I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't do it. Uh, I hope I did it proud in my weird way. You were great. And now I have to go rewatch the prequels and see if they're any good. Although I challenge anyone in the world, and this goes for your listeners, to, li- to watch them with me and not love them. If, if anyone, if, no one's ever accepted this challenge. If anyone wants to sit down with me and watch all three of those movies and allow me to pause and explain why they should be enjoying what they're watching <laughs> a- as much as I want and give me full narrative duties and relinquish that to me, I, I, you, I challenge anyone to do that and walk away not loving those movies or at least appreciating them in a different way. I'll do no it. one's ever taken them and taken me up on. I'll, I'll watch one of them. Watch- <laughs> All three or nothing. <laughs> fine, one fine. sitting. Yes. Fine. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye.